some good rock and roll coming up for you now. The guys from KISS have arrived. They snuck in the back door. You spend your whole life doing the first few albums, and then suddenly everybody needs your attention. Erica M. The Invention of the VJ. A flashback on the career that made them who they are today. On this episode. You're, you're, you're back with the live and much with NSYNC and, the, and this girl here. You're, you're crying, but are, are you okay? Did someone hurt you? If it Joey, I'll get him. She's looking at you. I think a lot of people thought that there was a teleprompter somewhere. Yeah, That right. we were reading a script somewhere. Because we would be talking for two, three minutes at a time with yeah. no script. It was all in our head. Joyce is with us in the uh, environment audience. Uh, Joyce, where are you, first of all? Oh, here she is right here, Joyce. This is Erica M's Reinvention of the VJ. Now, here's Erica M. Welcome to Reinvention of the VJ podcast. I am your host, Erica M. And I am really looking forward to chatting with former Much VJ Rick Campanelli, also known as <laughs> Rick the Temp today, partly because, well... You perfected he, that last name, though. Listen, nice. Rick, you yes. are probably one of the nicest people I have ever met in my life. Most genuine. I don't know how you've done that. We're going to talk about that in the show today. But if this is your first time tuning into my podcast, hi. Hi. <laughs> and let me give you a little bit of background. So... Reinvention of the VJ is a no-holds-barred conversation with some of the quirky and memorable hosts from Much Music. Uh, now, while we each had our own vibe, we all shared a life-altering experience of being part of our country's most influential pop culture platform. Mm. And then, you know what happened? We left. <laughs> For one reason or another. We grew up, right? It's that story of what happens after much. The reinvention, the resilience, the innovation, the struggles that intrigue me. And hopefully after Rick and I chat, you will know him and even me a little bit better. And maybe you'll also maybe glean some insights into what it takes to get through some tough times and to reinvent and even redefine what success is. Yes. Right? Yes. So speaking of success... Where? Rick Campanelli. Ooh, no, I'm just a dad living a life. <laughs> mm -hmm. Is here with me in the studio. <laughs> Hi, Erica. Now, Rick, you are one of the most enduring hosts of Much. I mean, when people think about Much Music, your name is synonymous. I thought it was your name that well, was the most enduring It is. It is certainly, um, and that was by design. And you also but Different have, generations, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You are also certainly one of the most beloved of all the hosts. I don't think anyone has ever said one mean thing about you. And I'm sure that it's out, it's out there somewhere. Some mean things. Have, I, I, I just know it. Um, but I appreciate the words, Erica. I want to I welcome Rick the Temp to uh, the podcast. And I, first of all, I want to thank you so much for making time because I know one of the most precious things that you have in your life right now is time. So yes. I really value yes. the fact that you've all given me, all of us, right, that you've given me some of your time. And oh, I, I, I hope that we're going to have an amazing conversation together. Um, so I put it out on social media that I was going to be interviewing you because for me, a podcast can't just be you and me. It needs to be the people who are listening to participate, right? No so doubt. I, yes. I was saying, is there anything that you would ask Rick the temp? And uh, Jay Brody said, okay. Rick is such a wonderful dude. How do you feel about keeping the temp moniker for so long? Did you or did management ever push you to drop it while you were on much? 
I thought that's I know really that Jay question. Brody from somewhere. I well, think I know that name. That that maybe that on person. Twitter because that's maybe, where it maybe. came from. And that is a good question. Like, do you it like is. that name, Rick the Temp? Because it's on <laughs> it's on your Facebook page. Like, I that's see true. it. You're synonymous it's, with that name. It's probably a name or a handle I'll, I'll never be able to shake. I'll probably mm-hmm. go to the grave. You know, here lies Rick the Temp, aka Rick Campanelli. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I won the Temp contest, and it's actually you, Erica. Uh, and I'll get to the answer, Jay, in just a little while. But Erica, you were on Much Music at the time in 94 when mm-hmm. my entry was given that the winning title. You came back with my entry. I remember. I have a video of it, Erica. You were there. You came back from a commercial break. You said, well, I guess you're wondering who the temp winner is for 1994. Do you remember this? And you I were sitting right it. there with my big M-shaped box. I my was, big M-shaped box. And it, it was you, Erica. Well, we had two very different states of mind because in 1994 I was looking at the door I was trying to get the hell out of Dodge I was so done (laughs) I had been working there for 13 years and I was done and you were chomping at the bit to start oh I've got some stories of me and you that I've never told you but this (gasps) is just the first so that was like my first well my first introduction was you of course being a religious follower a fan of much music back in the 80s and when you were there and and I would watch it every day after school before doing my homework. So and that's you number were a one. Kid. How old were you kid. when you started? What was your? Well, I was I was still in university. The the, the minute you announced my name, yeah. I was still taking some courses at Brock and wow. traveling back and forth. From so what you were twenty? Twenty four. You're twenty. Oh wait, I was an older. Wait, when graduate. I when I started on much, I was twenty three. Twenty three. I was 23. working there from the time I was twenty. And I had graduated and I was working behind the scenes. Behind the scenes doing, tell me what you were doing because I I think we have a lot in common. I was booking all the entertainment shoots. I was on the phone. I was working with the new music and I was working with Jeannie Becker and J.D. Roberts and Daniel Richler. Wow, you were booking booking the shoots. shoots. Wow. And I was working part time um, at a local cable company Okay. while I was you know, at, at night on my own. At night on your own. own time yeah, to you, learn how to be on air. I was answering phones and taking calls as well. Where? At Much Music at the reception what? desk for Denise Donlan. And and I would sign the, me- like, Wait. sign Rick the Temp as a message. Okay, Denise, this person called. I'd put, and Wait put it on a the desk. So while you were at university? Well, that, no, that was one of my first gigs after winning the Temp contest. Oh, so this was okay, probably like okay, late okay. in 94, early 95. So they didn't put you right on the air? No, no. What? No, there was no room for me on on the air, no, because Steve was still there, so and you, you were still do doing this, your thing. And you had to do this huge <laughs> contest, the, and all you won was a shitty job to answer the phone. Well, no, no, <laughs> I'm no, so, what, no. There were, no there were first of all, there were no shitty jobs in my mind. That's Listen, true. There were every job I was given because I'm a phys ed guy. I was going to go on to be a teacher, but much music allowed me to, to to open up my eyes to this whole magical world of television. So even if I was in shipping and receiving, I loved it. Even if I was rewinding tapes, and they were tapes back then that we had to rewind to get back to the beginning of the music videos, I would do that. I would do. I would go get coffee. I would do anything that I I had to do because I knew after a while I really wanted to be in that place, and and I would have done what it what it took to. Well, you be, did what it took, and I did what it took. Mm-hmm. I guess you're right. I I put in the time, and I was very. Uh, you know, you know, ambitious and per, I persevered. So, so getting back to the question, yeah, like I, I won the temp contest. I, I, I spent a year and a half 
you know, behind the scenes like you did, working our way up and learning as much as we could learn. And then the day I went on air, yeah, we thought it was a pretty cool handle. You know, some of the VJs at the time had handles. Master T one, of course, which is uh, his name slash handle. Um, people, of course, know his last name, Young. But uh, I thought, yeah, let's follow in those footsteps. And then, you know, maybe four, three or four years into being a VJ, I, I had a chat with my parents, and my dad especially, and maybe it's time we use the Italian last name, you know, the the Campanelli. And the, the, the day I did, I, I just so remember my parents being so proud because, sure, you can go through TV in that world with, with a moniker, a handle, but once you start using your real name, then it's, it, mean, it meant a lot. It's something special to my parents. So you did that. You you dropped Rick the yeah. Temp sort of officially, but it just stuck. It just stuck. Mm. It just stuck because it was one of those easy names to remember, I guess. And it's quirky. So, it's kind of like Erica yeah. M, right? Yeah, that's right. People that's never right. call me Erica. They always say, hey, Erica, Erica M. M. Erica M, yeah. Do they do they do that with you? Hey, hey, it's Rick, not Rick. Do they say Well, Rick sometimes Rick? it was like Mark the Temp or Nick the Temp. <laughs> it was always the Temp. <laughs> they got the first name wrong sometimes. But, but no, I, to this day, still you still get it. You still get it, which is I, amazing. What I love about your story that I'm learning right now is that you started at the bottom and no ego and worked your way up and did all the crappy jobs. And I feel like today in the world of um, people, young people and interns who expect to get paid for their work, I didn't get paid when I was first starting. I think that when you- We did a lot of volunteer work. You do a lot of volunteer work Mm -hmm. and you get Mm -hmm. to experience what it really is, but also your potential bosses get to meet you. Yes. And it's much easier to keep somebody who is familiar with getting coffee and knows your order already than having to hire someone new. You're building a relationship with that person. If you're going to be working with them, they want to get to know you and and get along with you, of course. So that's an interesting word you just used as well, which is relationship. Mm And I think a, a lot of people are so connected to much music. Mm-hmm. They have a relationship with much music. That's so true. And I think that there is something about each person who was on air who developed their own unique relationship with the audience. Yes. So tell me yes. about your relationship with Canadian I was fans. I was always the shy kid growing up. I I was always standing behind my mom and I I was shy. I didn't I it was hard for me to break out of my shell. And I did that eventually come high school, come university. So when it became time for me to be a VJ on Much Music, I was always ready. I was ready to meet I wanted to meet people. I wanted to talk to as many people as I could mm-hmm. could spend time with them. And I think that went hand in hand with those roles that we had at Much Music because when we would travel the country or, or you know, introduce a, a band at a venue, you know, it, it's a live event. There's always people around. Even much music was live. People are walking down Queen Street, John Street. They want to meet you. You want to meet them. So it just made it easier for me to meet people as a VJ mm-hmm. because people wanted to meet me. I wanted to meet them. And it was, it was a perfect, it was the perfect storm. When I was on the air, I remember... Always thinking about the person who was sitting just behind the camera, the viewer, if you will. I was talking, I really wanted to connect deeply with that person. And I was sort of fiercely authentic. I would only be myself. Mm-hmm. Were you able to do, did you grapple with that? Did you Did you try and create a persona? Like, How did you handle that relationship um, with your 
personal self. Let me first just say that I did. I connected with you when you were a VJ because I watched you all the time. And yeah, it's it was like you were speaking directly to me. Mm-hmm. Although there were <laughs> millions, of probably others watching mm-hmm. and and connecting with you at their same time uh, on the, on the, in, in their same living room or whatever. But but I made that connection with you because you and a lot of the VJs at the time were relatable and uh, seemed approachable because. It was music that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And if you're a fan of music and you're passionate about music, you're going to make that connection instantly, well, I we're, think. We're part of a community of music yeah, lovers. That's, that's what right. brings us all together. That's right. Uh, different things connect different people all the time, but it was music. It was much music. It was the VJs. So that was simple for me to connect with you. Now, with me, I, I didn't have, like, I, I lived music, yeah, um, but I was going to become a teacher. I was going to teach kids how to throw a basketball through a, a hoop, you know, stuff like that. So to be on, to get on TV, it was a really uncomfortable world for me. I knew my music and I lived music. I breathed it. But um, I always remember in the first days of starting on camera in front of the camera, and I remember the person in, in charge at the time saying, you got to get yourself some sort of attitude. You got to be in their face a bit more because I was really hesitant and, and shy still. But and therefore not interesting, right? Cause I guess people, you're right. I guess you're right. People yeah. want to be entertained yes. and yeah. you need to you need to step it up. That over the over the top personality, I guess. Well, so, you don't have to be Steve Anthony, no. <laughs> right? Because there's only one no, Steve Anthony. there's only Anthony. one Steve Anthony. Yeah, that's and that I think is a, an interesting part of what much music did is it brought all different sort of colors mm-hmm. to the to the table yeah. or different timbers if you will different types of personalities so i it was sure kind of did. earnest and sweet yes and you i think we played a very similar role i think i, I uh, think i was I, I think at the time because i knew all you guys i not personally but i knew you as vjs and you were my my heroes back in the day Still am, of course, but um, nice one. I, I think I would choose stuff that you were bringing to the table, and I would I would pick at, at stuff that Steve was offering, and Christopher Ward and JD and 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 Michael and all these people from back. There. I think I, I think I have sort of sculpted my personality as a VJ. Uh, you know, come, came from all of you guys right. back in the day. I took something from all of you guys. It's interesting that you, you said pros. that it was that you were uncomfortable, that it was painful, and that's growth. Yeah, that it is, is, it is that's a sign that you're learning. And you know, there's I like talking about reinvention and mm-hmm. change, and you were in the process of changing from a, a student yes. uh, to someone who is professional and someone who is in front of people. And that, took, that took was, a long time. Mm-hmm. It took a long time, but it, it, practice makes perfect, I guess. Mm-hmm. And the more time you spend doing something mm-hmm. and, and it, it, it happened maybe eight months into the job, I was becoming smoother and more comfortable, more confident. That was the one thing I lacked, the confidence. Did you get any direction when you went on air or did that you just made a face, like a painful face? What was it <laughs> yeah. like when you, when you got there yeah. and you yeah. got the job on air, they give you your rundown yeah. and they go yeah. three, two, one. Do they yeah. give you, did they give you any any direction. Well, of course there was like this this week or two of like getting to know my coworkers and the crew and and this is what we're going to do. So it wasn't just like trial by fire type thing pushing you right in front of the camera. Like there was a lot of there was back then a lot of practice and preparation even in the mid 90s. I know it's probably m- way more so these days, but but yeah, like I I would watch. I watched a lot, you know, you guys back in the day and I I I took a lot from you guys. So, when it came my time, I was sort of ready, but I was still 
not ready, if you can understand what I'm How saying. How did you prepare your shows? What'd you do? Well, I, I studied I studied the bands and the videos that I was going to introduce. Um, and I made sure I knew everything about that video, who the director was, where it was shot, what was the inspiration, all that stuff. Because I liked talking about that so stuff. So you didn't get do. a script? This no. was so how did it Oh my it work? gosh, no, no scripts. There were, there were um, well, we had the library, right? And, and the library would have notes on certain things. And it was before the days of researchers. We were our own researchers, as you remember, right? Oh, yeah. You had to do your own thing. But, but Erica, we were so into the music, we didn't need researchers. I didn't need anyone else helping me out. No. And I'm not sounding, I don't want to sound like cocky. I loved, I was living the music. So if it was talking about Duran Duran or whoever it was, I knew as much as I could about those guys to talk about them to the audience that was watching. I think a lot of people thought that there was a teleprompter somewhere, yeah, that right. we were reading a script somewhere, because we would be talking for two, three minutes at a time yeah. with yeah. no script. It was all in our heads. You guys were back in the day. They, they chopped our time in half by the oh, time really? I got there. <laughs> it was more about the music video and not as much about us, but it was still about the personalities, and that was, that's what made Much Music mm-hmm. special. Mm-hmm. You, aside from the music videos that everyone was tuning in to see, I was tuning in to see what you guys were up to more than the video, or maybe 50-50 back in the day. I really was. So can you pinpoint a day that was your, the best day you ever had oh in gosh. all your years on Much Music? Was it maybe an interview? Was it something that happened with the crew? Yeah, was it, yeah. Was it- there were many of those days. I'm going to tell you right now because I absolutely loved my, my nine and a half years on air. I spent 11 altogether, but nine and a half on air. And... and I just loved going into work every every day. I was a kid in a candy store when it came to that. But but days that st- stick out in my mind were the days that the bands were coming in and you got to interview the bands and hang with the bands. Mm-hmm. Like you've got stories. I want to hear your stories. <laughs> you know, you you I'm I'm not I'm going to give you nothing here compared to the stories you have, but there was one day uh, Stone Temple Pilots were, were touring with the Chili Peppers and um, you know two of my favorite bands of all time. I know you have many stories about Flea and Anthony and the Boys. Mm-hmm. But um, I got the early interview uh, with the Stone Temple Pilots, and George was supposed to get the second interview on his shift, but George called in sick that day. He couldn't. T- something happened with George physically. George Strombolopoulos. Yeah, so everybody yeah, knows who you're yeah. talking about. So, so, so they said, Rick, um, George, George isn't able to make it in. Unfortunately, you're, uh, you know, you have to do both the interviews. And it's like, wow, yeah, I get to talk to the Chili Peppers and the Stone Temple Pilots on the same day. It was when. I was in when did you find that out, though? At what time? Is it like just before the interview? Yeah, it's, it's not not long before. Well, not long before so the cool. interview. And yeah, you were able to cool. just wing it. Oh, because I knew them. I they're one of my favorite bands. I knew. I knew everything about them and and uh, trust me I was nervous I was so nervous but but I was I was ready for the the challenge I really was um yeah you you even if you weren't a fan of the of the band that was coming in you made sure you did your homework just like being in high school or university you did your homework you made sure you knew everything that there was about them because and there were short interviews but if anything ever came up that they were talking to themselves about well yeah you can add to that story cuz you right. also knew what they were talking which about which is kind of like what we're doing now yeah. we're having a conversation and we are able to riff make, on yeah, and what make we it lived. more interesting yeah. because we both know what we're talking about sort of <laughs> <laughs> still sort of yes um, but that was one of the maybe my top 20 of all time days at much music so it the majority Ooh. of your top days were the bands that you got oh to God. interview so what yeah. are some of the favorite everybody must ask you this right 
Who are your favorite bands that you ever interviewed? Well, That's that what was, people ask me all the time. That, and I want to know who yours were. Because, and I want to know the, the times you spent with Anthony and Flea and the guys in the Chili Peppers. I didn't you were, like them. You didn't like them? No. Like, I thought they were... I thought they were um, uh, lying bastards. <laughs> Wait, is there a better way of well, saying that? I don't know. That's being frank right there. They were, but the, they, they were acting so polite off camera, and then yeah. that we'd go live, and they would start swearing, and they would, you know, be yeah. sort of misogynist, and then, so I thought, you're... You're not authentic. Right, right. You're, They're putting on this phony. persona mm-hmm. for the camera when it turns yeah. on. Yeah, so that's why yeah. I didn't like them. Right, and I right. cut them off. I shut down their interview. And I remember like, that. What? I was like, Eric, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, I remember. I was like, fuck off. But isn't it interesting, Eric, Erica, because you, you caught them at an early stage of their career. I right. caught them maybe 10 years later. Oh, and, and, that's right. And then I got to interview Anthony again when I was at ET Canada. And it was like, you interview a person at all these different stages and you see their growth that we were talking about earlier. And you mm-hmm. see how much they matured or changed or aren't being, what was the term you gave them? Oh, at jerks? Effing, effing, I don't know. <laughs> whatever it was. <laughs> but that changes as the years go by. It would be interesting if you yourself, because you had that first introductory interview with them back in the late 80s or whenever it was, if you could have interviewed them in in the 90s and the 2000s and to this day, it would be an interesting, all those interviews would be interesting and different and unique. So let me throw that to you. You were on Much Music in your 20s into your early 30s and then you went to ET Canada in your 40s. Then I had a baby and it's it's like, you you can't have a baby when you're a VJ, you got to (laughs) go. But how how have you changed every decade? What? what oh my how goodness! Have you... I, I hope I haven't. I hope ah. I've been the same person that I was on day one, with a little more comfort to my surroundings when it mm-hmm. comes to being in front of a camera. Because mm-hmm. I, I had to learn a lot. I was really nervous about that. But oh no, I'm the same person. I always said if you if you change as a person you're not being true to yourself or genuine, you know, and nobody wants to see a person change once they go on air. I think I was hired for the person I was back then. I think Denise saw something in that, that person. So if that, if she takes that person and puts them in front of a camera, there's no need to change. I don't think she just said, get a little bit more of the confidence going. And that's a helpful quality to have, Mm -hmm. but you see so many people change. And I'm talking to you directly. You must have seen it. And, and, and I always said to my family, if you see a change in me for the negative, tell me, kick my ass, do something, because I never want that to happen. They hired me for the person I am, and that's hopefully who I still am today. Well, at much, they wouldn't allow me to change to some degree because I was told in no certain terms that I was completely replaceable. I wasn't. Wow. I knew that, but right. I was told over and over again that I was shitty, that I was that. worthless. So They'll I tell you that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I will tell you that that was really the dumbest thing that you could do because what happens is you lose the connection and the love for your company, and you start protecting yourself. Like, yeah. are they going to fire me? Right. Of course, they're not going to fire me. I was Erica M. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I was a, a part of their. Fabric. There's no other Erica M. They're not going to get any <laughs> other young female to do what you did. Well, well they could have, but did, it wouldn't have been course. the same. It wouldn't were, have been the same. No, yeah. and that's the point. In you know, much music really is a representation of the fact that we are all different. Yeah. And there's, you know, as my husband would say, um, what does he say about there's a, a seat for every toilet? Yeah. You know, like there's, we all are, we all are born to be a, a certain type of person. And the ones, those of us who excelled on much music, if it's sort of like a microcosm, if you're yeah, yourself really and you're boldly yourself, 
then um, you can you can do great things. And I think out of all the VJs, and there were quite a few, I don't know the number, but maybe in the 30s or 40s even, everyone was hired for what they had to offer. That's right. In that day and time when they were in. And just to allude on what your husband says about the seat for every toilet, and there's a butt for every seat. <laughs> okay, you spent nine and a half years at much, or 11, let's say 11. On air at, uh, for nine right? and a half, yeah. How has much formed you your time at Much formed who you are today. Well, I, I like I said earlier, I hope I'm the same person. But yeah, they being at Much and and having the job I I had, I think my confidence level mm-hmm. went went through the roof. It really did because of the people I was surrounded with and and what I was doing and and getting to interview these bands like not everyone gets to interview these bands they picked you erica they picked me they picked steve they did they pick these. you because i heard it was just <laughs> honestly that you would you would show up for your shift and you'd say you're interviewing madonna tomorrow or something well, like you <laughs> or did you actually did bands actually pick you oh no oh, i was talking about our bosses oh. picked us to do that job right that's not I, no no i don't know with the bands i sure i'm sure once you built that relationship with the band as well yeah they would say well is that guy still around you know i'd like him Who to Asking that, the questions. Who did you oh, have gosh. relationships with? Which oh. which bands? Well, I was there. If you may or may, may or may not not know when when the whole boy band boom started, <laughs> I just happened to be there. So yeah, when the, the Backstreet Boys came to town, or In Sync, or any of those boy bands came to town, and it was huge with you guys with New Kids on the Block, mm-hmm. I guess. But I guess, and I'm not going to say I was put into this corner, the boy band guy, because my genre was rock, you know, the Chili Peppers and all these other bands, Nirvana and and, and Pearl Jam. But when the boy band boom happened, uh, I got, I, I seemed to get the boy bands all the time. Okay, NSYNC are going to be in town next week. Rick, you're on it. Okay, you got a good relationship with them, which made sense. Like, who, whatever VJ was there at the time, if they bonded with the band and if you, they knew you were going to get more out of the band by this, you interviewing them, it made sense. Of course. And we yeah. all had our bands, you know. Maybe, you know, Juliet or, or, or Rachel or Amanda, they were more into interviewing this you know, this band and, and they were for them. And... um I have to get all of those women on the show. You have to get all those women. Yeah, I have to. You're gonna have to make They're some calls amazing. for me. You have to. Don't forget Jennifer Hollett. Oh, I absolutely. Oh, I when I would work, I I you know at first it was all by yourself as you know, but then they would pair you up with shows like Much on Demand, Much Access. I absolutely loved working, and I'm I'm sorry to say we never got a chance to work together, but but from Rachel to, to Amanda to, to Jennifer to, to Nemegeni, all, all these women that I were, and I hope, I'm sure I'm forgetting, there's so many out there, but I, I loved those days. Mm. I loved those days. You got to play off someone else. And, um, and it's always fascinating now for me to see where those people are yes, now yes. and how it's in keeping like Jennifer Hollett doing so yes. amazing oh. work in politics, politics and, yes. and journalism. Yeah. And, yeah. The, and same thing with Nam. Like these, these women who are... Why you? Why you? I'm chuckling? laughing because every time I mention Jennifer Hollett, we we are, we were on a show called Much on Demand, and we had Truth or Dare Tuesday, and I still to this day one of the dares in the early days of the show was she had to lick peanut butter off in between my toes. What? And now and now Jennifer is this. Like, I missed all she's the a fun. Politician and <laughs> and she was dared, and she took the dare. She was one of those as you were those fun, whatever it takes. I wasn't that much fun. Not, well, no, yeah. I was. I'm much more I saw earnest. you have some fun. I saw you have some fun. I did, fun. but you know what? Really, as a person, right. I'm pretty, 
I know people go, that's impossible, but I'm actually an introvert. And I like to read, I and I like it. to. I get it. But I back l- then too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. But I do like, I like connecting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, for example, what we're doing right now, me sitting across from you, looking in your eyes, and having a meaningful conversation, is really what I tried to bring to everything mm-hmm. I did on Much. In yeah. every interview, I wanted to connect with the yeah. artist yeah. and talk to them about things that they may not usually get to talk about yeah yeah you know and i i hope that's what we're doing today as well you didn't want to ask them the same question over and over because wherever they went they were going to get the same question but you others opened up a bit more past that normal average question we tried to and And we were to make it more interesting for these guys because yes yes, they're on the road and it's like you can only imagine i imagine that you're a very empathetic person so am i and so you imagine yourself in that other person's seat and you're like oh my god i gotta do something right to get their attention to do something to connect them that i'm a person i'm not just a vj Mm -hmm, let's have a mm -hmm. real conversation i think the barriers were broken erica because you loved music so much and Mm -hmm. knew about music Mm -hmm. and you related to them on that level because they were obviously living the life of music people rock stars whatever they were so that's what broke the ice and the barrier most of the time and then once you get them in as you know once they're on your side you can go anywhere and that was the freedom that they gave us back in, in the day we could go anywhere we wanted we could we could we could do any, we had the license to do anything back did then. you date any of your 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 you did we're not going there did you date show. no no um, maybe. <laughs> yes. No. No. Um, but like, what, 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 like, was it weird? Like, were you, I w- you know, I was going to ask you the same exact question. Mm. And since you went there, I'm going to go there with you. So if you answer honestly, I'll answer honestly, okay. because you, there were a lot of bands that you interviewed, yeah. like the, the U2s, the no, Chili Peppers, I didn't the Duran Durans. I begged, to I interview. begged to interview you two. I never did. You never did. Uh, none of those big bands. No, I didn't. Ever. But what I did do is I definitely hung out with, I went out to dinner with Bob Rock. I went out to dinner yes, with... Yes. Um, Black, the brains behind the operations of Black, music. Blackie yeah. Lawless. Oh, yes. He was brilliant. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Dwight Yoakam and I were very good friends. Okay. So I found musicians who became my friends, but I never yeah, dated yeah, them because right. that's... Crossing I the mean, line in and, a way, I guess. Well, also, they. I'm not moving. I live in Toronto. And those... Guys can have anybody. And I think what they liked is the fact that there was a woman yeah. who was semi-attractive, who could hold Sem- hold on, hold up a conversation. Yeah. So I was this weird sort of girl and guy in one, one piece, right? Because they, as opposed to them having to hang out with sort of groupies or women who just want to date them, mm-hmm, I didn't mm-hmm. want to date them. So yes. they felt kind of safe, I guess. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And you probably learned so much from these people too, mm-hmm. right? Along the way. Because yeah. you, you were quite young back in the day doing what you were doing. And probably always everyone learning. that was watching you wanted to do and be in your shoes. Oh, but yeah. always learning is the key. You're right. Always I, learning. I agree with that. Yeah. So tell me, what what have you been learning in the last few years? Oh gosh. You know, you know I'm 50 now, right? So as you get older in life, and, and, and the younger generation that are, are listening to this right now, they'll get it. They probably, they're shaking their heads right now. But you really do want to be more open and, 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 and real, and um, especially when you start having a family of your own. Like, it's not about you anymore. It's about 
these beautiful children that you've made with your wife or your spouse or your partner or whoever it is. And that's that's the, the stage I'm at right now. I put in all these years on TV, and it was a great learning uh, curve for me over the past 25 years. I learned so much about this industry and 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 about people in general. Um, and, and you try to be open to everything, uh, all opportunities. When I started having kids, though, it's like you know I'm doing this for me too, but I'm all you know, this is my priority now, and I've got to make sure I'm going to be there for them because they're going to need me every day of their life to the rest of their life. So it's yeah, I, it's a tough question to answer, but I'm I, I, I'm more I'm more uh, cerebral about what's going on. Mm. Uh, back then, you're sort of like you know going straight down the road and not really giving a care for this or that, you know. But now. I want to be a part of everything because life goes by so fast, and um, and there's lots of regrets at, at, at you know the last days if mm-hmm. once you get there. So I want to make sure I do as much as I can still to this day. Uh, I'm slowing down a bit because I have three boys now, and holy moly, I, I don't have the energy um, like I did back in the day. But I'm trying to do as much as I can and, and be there. I think it was three years ago that you and I sat in my minivan and we we shot a video of us shooting the shit. Like it was, it was such a good conversation and you were working at ET at the time. And soon after that, they kicked you out. Yeah. So can you tell me like what, What this is a, yeah. And also this is a conversation about resilience and how to bounce back bounce when back. bad shit happens. So I want... Well, less, nothing t- lasts forever, first of all. Okay. Any you, dream but, job doesn't last forever. But you hope it will. You and, hope it and will. And you're, you're proceeding as if it will. Of course you are. And, I, and I'm sure it maybe does for that 1% of people that have jobs out there. But but yeah, no, they were going in a, in a different direction. And um, the bottom line was they didn't need my services anymore, quite frankly. Did they call you into a room? Like, how did they tell you? Yeah. Because you were there for a that long was, time. That was a tough day. They called you into a room? Yeah. yeah, that was a tough day. I felt like I got sucker punched that day because it came out of nowhere. Um, you know, you, you, you put in all these loyal years, and um, I thought I was doing a pretty good job. And after 12 seasons, to get called into a room and to have, you know, people tell you that you, you no longer wanted, basically. And it was, a, it was a family, you know, environment is what I thought. But, but I'm, I'm a gullible uh, optimistic seeing the the bright side and everything but it was my turn and 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 I never I never actually got fired from a job since I held a job and, and it was uh it was a humbling experience because one day you're wanted and then the next day you're not wanted anymore so it's how okay you, how did you deal with that though that's but come on well uh, I, my wife was so solid for me mm-hmm. and if I didn't have my wife Angie there with me at the time I don't think I could have gotten through it I cried you know because it's all I wanted to do uh, which is I thought you know when you're in that comfort you know you're almost on autopilot this is what I'm doing and and, and you're you're loving it and you're secure and um, and then when they say you, you know we don't want you anymore it's like uh, it's tough. I rode the roller coaster of emotions. I really did. And, uh, but it, it's been a blessing because it's, it's allowed me to do all this other stuff. That what are you doing? I'm doing a lot of stuff. I'm Tell me the stuff. The main Let's thing, I, I, was, I was able to be a, a full-time, 100% dad every minute of every day for a good at least half a year after the firing. And I was, cause my wife was still working here at the Maryland Dennis show. So I was the guy, I was the parent and we just moved to Burlington. And so, so I was the father that I always wanted to be because, and when I say that I've, I've been a pretty good father along the way, but 
I've had a full-time job to along with that role of being a father. And you're not always there when you have a job for your kids. Now I was. And, and, and Noah was, of course, a little older, and he was with his mom full-time. But I had a baby, and I had a toddler. And I was the guy in charge. I was, and I was ama- it was an amazing, best job of my life. The most significant job I've ever had, hands down. Much Music was great. E.T. Canada was great. But being a father, come on, or a parent, a mother, whatever. You, you guys know if you're, you're listening to me. So getting to change those diapers, getting to be there every minute of every day for them was the best. Was the best. And I still do it. Not as, you know, now we're, you know, a lot of hosting things, a lot of social media stuff. But still, 90% of my time is still at home with my family, which I love. So, I love. so your new job is, you're sel- you, you've joined the ranks of the self-employed freelance. I'm a self-employed person now. And it's amazing because you get to call the shots. And as you know, when you made that move years ago, you're your own boss, which is great because there were a lot of restrictions back in the day when you're with a network. You can't do this. You can't do that. And I get it. You're theirs and you're there to work for them. But when you go out on your own, it's scary and it could be a struggle at first. But if you're, if you want it that bad, you'll make things work for yourself. So what'd you do to make, to make it happen? Like Give me a give me a few uh, insider um, things. Like, what did you do to to build up this new sort of your own little business? And when I say little, I don't mean little. Well, thank I, God, thank God, we already had the exposure we had from being on Much Music and ET Canada. You you're on these two platforms where, you know, you're the only sort of show in town. In when I say town, I mean the country, Canada. Yeah. Like Much Music, we were five of the VJs or six of the VJs or however many we were. And everyone seemed to want that job back in the day. So, so you had exposure, built an exposure. I guess right. you build your brand, you build yeah. your, your name. And, and then when people find out, when more and more people find out that, yeah, okay, we're able to work on this campaign with him now and do this and that. It just opens up so many doors. So that's been amazing. It really has. I um I, I keep my feet wet and, and keep my face on TV. I'm doing some stuff with City TV right now. I'm doing Athlete of the Week. So we're we're showcasing and featuring amateur athletes because because that's professional amazing. athletes that's- get so much exposure and recognition and and so be and, and they're great you know they deserve it but the amateurs the young ones and the older ones n- nobody really gets to see them did so, you come up with that concept no or did they reach out no to no you? erica city tv has had this oh, uh, has this segment on for gosh 30 40 years they started this athlete of the week segment and they've discovered uh, some amazing superstars out there uh, for example uh, jonathan Tavares, uh, mitch marner from the toronto maple leafs they're superstars uh Andre de Grasse, uh, the, the world, you know, the Canadian Olympic sprinter who, who won silver for us. Did he not? Was it a silver? Eric <laughs> is shaking your head. I should know this. But I know the red hot chili peppers. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah you do. Do you ever? And, and, and which, which I want to, I want to go more there with you. So, did, so you hated, you didn't like them. I didn't so you like never them. became friends with them and you never, no, you, you, not them. I was going to say, you don't keep in touch to this day. No. Okay. I don't keep okay. in touch with anybody. Okay. In fact, I'm going to wrap up our conversation okay. in saying Part that one, right? Part one? Because there's so much more to talk. <laughs> I, didn't br- I didn't bring up so much stuff that I want to bring up with you. But the reason why I'm enjoying this so much is that I really, in many ways, have felt quite alone. That experience, going through much music, that decade, was in fact quite isolating. Mm-hmm. I found yeah, because people wanted to talk to me, but they didn't really want to talk to me. They wanted to talk to that girl who was on much music. And I feel 
to some degree that's still true today. Right. No, I totally understand what you're saying. And I, it's fun but, for me to share my experience and hear yours yeah. and compare notes. Yeah, it is. I, I love it too. And I wish, like I said earlier, and I joked about it, but hopefully there's a part two and a part three because we're just at the tip of the iceberg here. We'll have to do a show together. I would Can love that. Can you set that. that up now? I could try and set that Get up. Get a brand yeah. together and we'll we'll reinvent together. I'm sure you can handle Rick that too. Rick and Erica. <laughs> I, there's or, a or just Erica it was oh, nice. Oh, I like it. I like it. Erica. But the Rick has to be capitalized. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to so wrap things joking. up. I want to thank you so much, oh, Rick, I for, it, uh, for all of your time. Uh, I know that you're super busy, and I know really that your time Some is, days. You're, <laughs> Some days. <laughs> okay, I get that. Uh, so every week I'm going to do this. I'm going to talk to yeah. a different Much Music host. And, and I'm going to be listening. I can't I wait to start listening. Great. Oh, gosh. I want to yeah. be able to compare notes like this and. Coming up, my next guest. Who is it? Jeannie Becker. Jeannie Becker. Oh She's my so gosh, awesome. Becker. You know, I, I went, reached out to her on yeah, Instagram yeah. and I said, Do you want to be on my not yet recorded podcast? And she said, Absolutely, because it's the idea of women supporting women. I so love we'll, it. we'll have a I lot of that it. kind of conversation. She's a trailblazer oh for women. Is she ever? In media is she ever? and music. And I used to work for her. Yeah, you worked for I her. I was her not assistant. Just with her, but, well, that's right, writing and researching right. for the new music. Isn't it amazing, though, how, how, how we've been able to start these relationships at a job where we weren't able to spend much time with them because we were talking off camera earlier, off microphone <laughs> earlier about not spending a lot of time with Steve and you just, you were chatting with Steve yeah. as well and you got to know him differently the, today, differently because mm -hmm. now I think, and as we get older, we do have more time for each other. And that's another thing too, that you learn back then when you're younger, you want to do this because you're a little more selfish, I think. But now we have all this time that we want to spend, we, we want to pick each other's brains and get your, I want to get more of your stories. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and I'll be, I'll be tuning into this show for sure, because I'm, I, I'm so, I can relate to each and every one of you. I'm not on the level that you guys are at because you guys were trailblazers. You all were, and I've just followed in your footsteps, but I want to, I want to hear those stories. Nicest guy on the planet. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just telling you the truth. Well, hopefully, this uh, hopefully if people you know share this podcast with their friends and also yep. to find me on social media and because um, I'm on Instagram I'm on Twitter I'm on LinkedIn yep. I'm on I have a Erica M Facebook page and to share your feedback on this show like do you like the direction am I missing out things who else would you like to see interviewed um, what questions do you think I should ask? I mean, this is part of the fun, right? Is you should to, get them to ask their own questions. I know you did the Jay Brody thing, that. but remember like in, uh, you know, intimate and interactive. Yeah, I got to figure out how to do it. Like I'm not cool. really high tech. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to figure out a lot of moving pieces in this uh, You look at those, there's a lot, of, a lot of buttons in this yeah, room right here. Yeah, I don't Screens, even know how to buttons. turn it off. <laughs> so I'm going to wrap things up here. Well, hopefully I'll see you next week on the Reinvention of the VJ podcast. And here's to a life filled with music, meaning and many reinventions thanks for Thank listening you, erica. follow erica m's reinvention of the vj podcast subscribe and follow more episodes click to reinvention of the vj.com podcast produced in collaboration with steve anthony productions editing and coordination of flalo communications inc copyright 2020 another sound off media company podcast have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. 
If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network.